Good evening, everyone. Thanks. Tonight is um, this week is Parshas Devarim, and um, we're going to learn a little discourse in the book of Lakuti Torah. Um, say Parshas Devarim only has two discourses. One of them we learned a few years ago. It's a very famous one, Tzia in B'mishpat Tipada. The second one is a mimer that I don't know if anybody really learns. It's like a very, like one of those very uh, quiet and people take a look and say, eh, you got to open up a thousands for him to figure out what it says. So people <laughs> don't, don't really learn it. But uh, why not? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, the mimer, I don't know. So I'm going to teach you not from what I know, from what I don't know. That's always more fun to learn from what we don't know. And with Hashem's help, the mimer is going to uh, un- it's going to open itself up as we learn, as has happened many times. And if not, so we'll fulfill the mitzvah of of uh, toiling on Torah, even though we don't understand it. Good. Now. Um, the mimer is not on the subject of the parasha. The mimer continues on the haftorah. The haftorah of this week's parasha, which is actually the first discourse of parashas devarim, is not either on parashas devarim, it's on the haftorah. This week's haftorah is a very famous haftorah. It's called Chazoin. Shabbos Chazoin. Chazoin Yeshayahu. Yeshayahu had a vision um, in, which he, in which he saw the destruction of Jerusalem. According to the Hasidic interpretation, it's Shabbos Chazoin because on this Shabbos Hashem allows us to glimpse the third Beis Amigdash. We get it. We get a vision um, of the of the Beis Amigdash. Um, at the conclusion, the last verse, the last pasuk in 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 the Haftorah of Chazoin is Tzion b'Mishpat Tipade. That Zion, Tzion, Zion. B'mishpat, with through judgment, tipadashi will be redeemed. V'shaveha, b'tzedaka, and v'shaveha can mean two things: either and her captives. There is Tzion itself, the city of Yerushalayim, and then there is shaveha, which means the Jewish people that were taken went into captivity when when Tzion, when Yerushalayim was destroyed. So the city itself, Tzion, is going to be redeemed through Mishpat. Veshavel and her captives, B'Tzedakah, or Veshavel means and her returnees. Those who are going to return with her, B'Tzedakah will be redeemed through Tzedakah. What is the message? The message is that through justice, through Mishpat, and through Tzedakah, we will bring about the redemption of Jerusalem. We will nullify the exile, and we'll, we will rebuild the base Amigdash, and we will. So we have to do a lot of tzedakah in these days, and also mishpat. Mishpat also means Torah study. Besides, simply it means mishpat means doing, being just. But mishpat also means Torah study. So tzion b'mishpat tipade means that the city of Tzion will be redeemed through the Jewish people's devotion to learning Torah. Meshaveha. And we bring back all the 
returnees to the base to Yerushalayim through giving tzedakah. This mimer that we're going to learn now is going to explain this pasuk on a more esoteric dimension. What does it mean, the two parts of the pasuk? Why tzion? And he's going to explain really why is tzion redeemed through mishpat and why is shaveha redeemed through tzedakah? What, what's, what's, what's the connection? And that's what he's going to explain over here. He begins with a medrash rabba. Bereishis, berabois parshas ekev. In Rabbis, Parshas Ekev, Divram, Dal, it means Dalet Aleph, Perek Dalet, Pasik Aleph, that makes sense. Actually, you want to bring me the Medrash that's in front of you? No, it's not in front of you, it's in front of the table here. Yeah, that's it. So, let's check it up a minute over here. It's, 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 it's nice to read the Medrash itself. So that we get a clear understanding. So the Medrash is over here. Parshas Ekev. It's Pere Gimel. Oh, Dalet Aleph stands for Dovar Achar, another pshat. Dovar Achar, another pshat. V'shamer Hashem Alekech. It says in Parshas Ekev. It's in two weeks, the Torah portion of two weeks from now. That if you're going to listen to the mitzvahs that Hashem is going to give you, then then Hashem is going to keep His promise for you. He's going to guard His promise. The covenant, the and the kindness that He swore to your fathers. So the Medrash says like this. Reb Shimon ben Chalafta. Reb Shimon ben Chalafta says, To what is this compared? I want to give a mashal. I want to give you a, a metaphor. To what we can compare this? Lamelech shenasa lematruna, a king married a queen. Vechnisa loy, and she brought into him. She comes from a nice family, a wealthy nobleman, so she brings into him shnayim arisin. She brings two gems, two jewels, in her together with her into the marriage. Afamelech, so the king says, you brought two gems to. Two uh, diamonds. Afamelech zakav lo kaneg don shnei arisin. The king too, so corresponding to what she brought into the marriage, two arisin, the king also gives her another two. So now she has four. Ibda matrunis eshalah, the queen lost hers. She lost her rings. She had two rings of her own, two of her own diamonds. She lost it. Afamelech natalashaloi. And the king said, you lost yours, I'm taking back mine. So he took back what he gave her. A few days later, she got up and fixed herself up and was able to like clean up her mess and find her uh, rings. So she brings back her two heirs. Now the king brings his back. So now we have four. But that's a silly ending. Because all you're back to where you started from. Then why what you gain from losing it? Amramelech, the king said, Elu Vielu Yasu Yasu Atara. We will take these this and these, the ones that you brought and I brought, that we've now retrieved, and we brought it back. We're gonna make them into a, we're gonna we're gonna set them in a beautiful crown. Vyitnu Braisha Shamatruna. 
and we're going to give it, it's going to be the queen's crown. We're going to give her the crown with the four gems, the two that she had brought, but she had lost, the two that I have given her, and now we have all four, we'll put them into the crown. Kach. So what is this a, a, a marshal for? Avram gave us, we, we, are, we are the queen, Hashem is the king, Hashem marries us, okay? We have the Yerusha from our fathers, we have some pretty good qualities that Avram has given us. That's what we're bringing into the marriage. Before Har, before Har Sinai, before we walked under the chuppah, we already came from good stock. We had already a nice uh, grandfather, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and they inherited to, the Jewish, inherited to the Jewish people some really good stuff. What did they give us? Shneir Erisin. They gave us two, two jewels. Shanemar. What did Avram inherit to his children? It says by Avram Avinu, Ki Yedaitiv, I know him. Lamana he's going to command his sons. Vezbeisei Achrav and his sons after him. Vishamru derech Hashem. They will guard the way of Hashem. Lasoi tzedaka u'mishpat. That Avram instructed us and trained us and embedded it in us to do what? Tzedakah u mishpat. So these are the two things we brought into the marriage. We were a just, honest people who are also doing tzedakah. Right? Doing, you know, helping out others. So when we brought the tzedakah and the mishpat, Hashem had to invest in the marriage as well. Hashem says, I'm matching your gifts. You brought tzedakah and chesed, I'm going to give you also another two. Hashem says, I'm going to give you two erisin. What is am I giving you? Chesed verachamim. You give tzedakah and mishpat, I'm going to give you chesed, kindness, verachamim, and compassion. Shanemar, it says in the Pasuk, in Parshas Ekev, that's why the Medrash is bringing it in Parshas Ekev. Hashem is going to keep the covenant and the kindness. So there you see that Hashem gives us kindness. In another pasuk it says, Hashem is going to give you compassion. He's going to have mercy on you. So these are the two things Hashem is giving us. Hashem is giving us as a chesed. And in a different pasuk it says, Rachamim. Of the Yisrael Ashalahem, the Jewish people lost their qualities. They became corrupted. And they stopped looking like the children of Avram. They stopped doing tzedakah. They stopped doing mishpat. Shanamar, hafachtem l'roish mishpat. You've turned over, upside down. Mishpat, the judgment. Upri tzedakah and the fruits of tzedakah. Lilana, to, bitter, to a bitter herb, to a bitter grass. Instead of doing tzedakah, you, you dealt people that need your assistance with bitterness. So Hashem says, you know, you lost your qualities that you have. I'm taking back what I have given you. Hashem says, I've taken back my peace. I'm retrieving. I'm taking back my chesed and my rachamim. Yeah, that, the golos. Hashem pulled back chesed and rachamim. Amdu Yisrael. So then, the Kishruas Atma, the Yidden stood up and they, and they, and they, and they fixed themselves up. And they brought back, they found what they lost. They found their inherited Sadako Mishpat that somehow got lost 
in the beautiful people like the Jewish people, somehow we lost the, 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 our, our, our character of tzedakah, our givingness, and our mishpat, and our justice got lost. But now we found it back. This is the pasuk. The, the tziyayin is going to be redeemed through mishpat. That means when we restore the mishpat, the shavel when we and the shavel will return with tzedakah. So we come back with the tzedakah and mishpat that we lost. So Hashem is going to bring his as well. And how do we know that Hashem is going to bring back the chesed and the rachamim? It says, there's a Pasuk speaking about the future. The mountains will move. And the hills will come crashing down. It means even if there's a nuclear or whatever, and even if the world goes crazy, Hashem says, the chasti and my kindness, loy amish, I will not take away me'itcha from you. Um, and the and the the over there. The end of the pasuk is, the chasti me'itach. Oh, the pasuk says, the chasti and my kindness me'itach loy amush from you I will not depart. Omer Omar merachme Hashem says the one who has mercy on you Hashem. So you see, Hashem restores back the chesed and the rachamim. As soon as we bring back our tzedakah and mishpat, Hashem brings back the tzedakah and the rachamim. Okay, now we have all four, but we're not any better than we were in the beginning. As soon as the Jewish people brought back theirs, and Hashem gives His, Hashem says, Elu v'elu yasu these and these, let's make it a crown. Let's put it on the queen. We'll give them a crown made up of tzedakah, mishpat, chesed, and rachmim. What a magnificent crown. As it says, Hashem says, I have betrothed you to me forever. I have betrothed you, I have married you. With tzedek and mishpat. See, Hashem says, I have married you with tzedek and mishpat. And that's what we're... Uh, that's our crown. That's the medrash in Parashas Ekev. So the altar Rebbe... Yes, it says, yeah, it says, Hashem says, I will take away the shalom. I removed. It says in the Pasuk. It says, I will pull back. It says, um, I have pulled, I have gathered in my shloimi v'goymer v'esachesed v'sarachmim. I've taken back the chesed and rachim. And then Hashem is going to give it back and then He's going to make a crown for us from those four qualities. So He's going to explain what these things mean in terms of our, what does that mean? Like we're going to walk around with a crown with four little gems. Now what does it mean in terms of the, the rich experiences of the soul? The Nisham is that Yidna are going to be restored in our spiritual, in our spiritual um, wealth. We're going to be when Mashiach comes. We're going to be spiritually wealthy. Now we're de- now we're seriously depraved. Now we are poor, impoverished. That's the better word. What's the be- what depraved is not the word. Deprived is a better word. 
Um, and when Mashiach comes, we're going to be in, in, enriched again with an incredible richness. And that's related to these things. It's going to explain what's the difference of what's the chesed, rachamim, let's see. Okay, but Rab is Pashas Ekev, Dovarachav, Shama Lachavram, Nasan Labanosh, Neiris, and Shnem of Kiyadaitiv. Shamra Derachavai Lassa Sedako Mishpat. We mentioned this earlier. Afakadish Barchuzakav, Loshne, Eris, and Kenegdo, Yashem put up, he matched, he matched our, what we brought in, matching funds. So you call matching funds. Whatever the guy gives, you're matching funds. Chesed v'rachmen. Hashem says, you bring into the marriage, I'll put in as well. Hashem also brought back his, so it says in the Pasuk, that the mountains will budge, but my kindness from you will not move. So says your compassionate one, Hashem. The Indian and the idea is, so to understand this, let's understand it's explained somewhere else. He wants to first explain the idea of why, what does it mean, Thank you. What does it mean, Tzion b'mishpat tipada? That Tzion is going to be returned with mishpat. Why dafke mishpat? Aderach hamavia amavua b'makamachar apasik shabchi Yerushalayim asavaya. Praise Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim should praise shabchi Yerushalayim as Hashem. Yerushalayim should praise Hashem. Halali elokayach Tzion. That Tzion should give praise elokayach to their God. The question he asks. There's two names for Yerushalayim. One name is Yerushalayim, and the other one is Tzion. And we know that Tzion is a higher name than Yerushalayim. Tzion represents a deeper level. You see, the enemies of God that are in the world are fighting against Zion. This is what bothers them. Tzion is the most inner, inner point. It's the innermost of, it's the panemius, it's the internal aspect of Jerusalem. Yerushalayim is a more external aspect of Yerushalayim. Tzion means a, actually it means a simon, a sign. Which means, because Tzion means, in Hasidus it says that Tzion is a level where there is such a bit, Yerushalayim means perfect fear. Yira Shalem, perfect fear. But perfect fear but you still, you're still a somebody that has perfect fear. Deeper than that is a level where Tzion, you're so, you're so um, permeated with, and so powerfully aware of the MS of Hashem that you become nullified completely and all you are is a sign for Hashem, a marker, a little point, it's a little symbol for Hashem. Like Rav Shimon Yechai said about himself, I have no identity. I'm a mark in this world that is a mark for godliness. So that's Tzion. So Tzion represents a much higher level than Yerushalayim, a deeper level. If that's the case, we know the two names of Hashem. One name is Yudke Vavke, the Tetragrammaton. The other name is Elohim. Which one is Pneumius and which one is Chitzonius? Yudke Vavke, God's name, the inner name, that's the Pneumius of Hashem. Elohim is already related more to the Kalim, to the vessels, to the definitions. Elohim means Tzimtzum, 
Hateva, nature, is gematria Elohim. So Elohim represents already the way Shem Hashem, the Yudke Vavke, is covered, concealed, blocked, camouflaged, right? It says in many places that Avaya is related more to the Oirois, to the lights, and Elohim is related to the vessels. Or there's a Pasuk that says, Shemeshumagain Avaya Elohim. That Avaya Elohim is compared to the sun and its shield. The sun has a shield that weakens the intense rays of the sun. If the rays of the sun would come to the earth as they are, they would be too intense, they would burn up the world. So you have to have a shield, and the shield weakens the, the intense rays of the sun. And that's the idea of the name of Elo. And that's Elohim. Comes out according to this that Elohim is a far inferior name than, than Yudke Vavkin. If so, how come the Pasuk says, Shabachi Yerushalayim es Hashem, Halali Elokayach Elokayach Tzion. That Zion should praise Elohim, and Yerushalayim should praise Havaya, Yudke Vavke. Should have been the opposite. Yerushalayim is external, so it should praise the external part of the divine, Elohim. It should have been Shabachi Yerushalayim as Elohim. How come Zion is, 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 is connecting to the name of Elohim and Yerushalayim is connecting to the same Avaya which seems to be crossing? That's the question. It's first it seems to be difficult. Zion is the innermost of Jerusalem of Yerushalayim. Why by Yerushalayim do we use Shem Avaya? And by Tzion we mention the name of Elikim. The idea is the Hinexiv. He brings another puzzle. It says he's lining up a bunch of psukim when you have Tzion versus Yerushalayim. Earlier we began with Tzion v'mishpat tipadeh. The Vishaveha, those are the inhabitants of Yerushalayim. Vishaveha. Tzion, Yerushalayim. Zion is redeemed with Mishpat, Yerushalayim, B'Tzedakah. Shabachi Yerushalayim es Hashem, Hallelujah And he asked the question, how come Zion? And here's another pasuk. Yismach Yisrael b'Oisav, Yidin should rejoice, Yisrael should rejoice b'Oisav in their maker. B'nei Zion yagilu b'Malkam. The children of Zion should Yagilu, they should rejoice Pemalkam in their king. Now we know that in the words of Sheva Brachis, by a wedding, by a chasana, we say various different terms for joy. Different joys. Ashabara, Sasain, Vesimcha, Chasan, Vekala, Gila, Rina, Ditsa, Vechedva. One of the words we use is Gila. Let the heavens be happy and the earth visagel. Visagel, gila, is a, an expression of joy. What's the difference between simcha, the regular simcha, and gila? Here we're saying that Yerushalayim, here we're saying that Yerushalayim, um, that siyon yagilu b'malkam should rejoice with their king. 
And we're using the word Yagilu. What does Yagilu mean? So he says, Yagilu versus Simcha. Yismach Yisrael. Yisrael is besimcha. But B'nai Tzion Yagilu b'malka. Who is higher? Yisrael or B'nai Tzion? As we learned now the whole time, Tzion is a very high level. B'nai Tzion are the highest type of Jews. B'nai Tzion. And what, what kind of, what do they have? They don't have Simcha. They have Gila. So what is Gila? He's going to explain that Gila is joy, but it's a joy, it's a joy that is taking place deep, deep, deep in the recesses of the heart. It's a very inner, inner, internal joy. Simcha is an explosive joy. Simcha is a joy that shows itself very externally. A person is singing, dancing. But then there's another kind of joy. A joy when someone is standing in front of something that's very, very awesome, very even frightening, very big, very special. And inside your heart, you're full of excitement. You're experiencing trepidation from where you are. It's like, wow. But at the same time, you're, you're, you, can't, you have such joy inside of you. That you managed, you were chosen, whatever. Like it's like a very special thing. It's so hard today because we don't have special people that you can even give a muscle for this. <laughs> when you had a Rebbe, it was like, imagine you're going into Yechidus. When a chassid was going into a private audience with a Rebbe. Was he besimcha? Very besimcha. He's full of trepidation, but... So the joy was deep inside his heart. Externally, there was like fear and frightening, but inside, there's no bigger simcha. And that's gila. That's why it says in the Pasuk, vigilu bira'ada, and rejoice with a tremble. See, when you're besimcha, you can't be trembling. When you're besimcha, if there's trembling, it interferes with the simcha. Because the whole notion of simcha is a joy that rips through your entire being and doesn't leave any space for anything else. Gila is taking place in the inner, inner space, in the inner human being, and therefore it's possible that, the, that outside, in the more outer, in the more conscious levels of one's heart, you can have a different experience. But deep inside, there is this great simcha and this great delight. Now the quality of that kind of a joy is much deeper and much higher than the quality of ordinary joy. Ordinary joy, which is on the outside, even though it's more pronounced, more, more noticeable, more, more recognizable, more detectable, um, but it is of a, it's an, of an inferior quality. The joy is not as deep, it's not as... It doesn't contain such a gilui hanefesh. It's not... It doesn't have the same richness of soul that an experience of gila has. It's more watered down, even though it's more powerful on the outside, but it's weaker in the inside. Gila is much weaker on the outside. You can maybe see it in the person's eyes, that there's a glow in the eye, that's all. But in the inside, in the inner world, it's very deep, very rich. So this is what he's explaining here. As explained elsewhere, I will rejoice in Avaya. I'm holding in the about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten lines 
from the beginning of where it says Barabbas. Uh, I will rejoice in Avaya. My soul will delight. You should rejoice with a tremble. This is a higher level than joy. The regular joy. Ordinary joy. It's like, he explains, it's the joy that a person feels, and later in the Memoriam he explains, it's the joy that the person feels by Tkiyah Shoifer. By the blowing of the Shoifer. The blowing of the Shoifer is a very, very intense, frightening moment, but deep inside the soul, there is a delight. The Ebrister is becoming king. Externally, there is nervousness. You don't know what the year is coming. What year Hashem is judging you. You don't even know if you're worthy to be part of the coronation. And you're, you're like... But on the other hand, you're, you're, you're delighting in the great simcha that's happening in the entire, all of existence that the Abishter is being crowned as a king. And you're, at, you're there taking part of the coronation. That's gila. There's no outside, you know, you're not singing a happy tune. It's serious. It's, you even might even be crying. But internally is a deep joy. That's gila. Um, gila generally is a joy covered with tremble. In order for a person to be able to experience simultaneous two opposite feelings, one is simcha, and the other one is, is fear, and fear and awe, which is joy by its very nature is an expansive emotion. It's, a, it's, an, it's, a, it's an emotion that, that of expression, of opening up, bursting. Fear is a constricting emotion. You, you get shriveled up. In order for there to be two opposite, contradictory emotions happening at the same time in the heart, how, can, how do the two come together? It says that can only happen when there is a very, very high revelation. As a result of the, of the deepest and highest revelation of what we call, because in order to, to unify, it's, it's similar to the unification of Avavira, love and fear. Because simcha is related to love. We can, we can understand that. Love, joy, it's all, it's more like a very positive feeling. Fear is more of a, le a left side feeling. So love and fear generally can't be together. When I'm loving something, I'm loving it. To have a, a, a feeling of love and fear intertwined and combined with each other um, requires, so even in Hashem, it's, it's hard to experience that in our relationship. Sometimes we're loving, sometimes we're in awe. In Purim we're loving, and uh, Yom Kippur we're in awe. It's like two different feelings. But there is a possibility where they both come together. And that is, we say in davening, Hokel HaGodol HaGibor VeHanora. Godol is the source of kindness, of love. Because Hashem is Godol, that's why we love Him. Because Hashem is Gibor, because Hashem is powerful, the almighty, powerful being, when we recognize that, we fear him. That's, that's fear. Vahanora, and because Hashem is awesome, what does that do? And not awesome like California, awesome, oh, awesome. I'm talking about real, awesome. Because the Abishter is Vahanora and, and the awesome one, which is higher than Gadol and Gibor, what that does to the person 
is it, it enables, it brings such a bittal, such a nullification into the human being, that it enables the person to experience two opposite feelings unified. Mahanoira is the source of Teferis. Teferis is the blender. So he says the experience of Vigil, of Gila, which as we're learning over here, what does Gila mean? Gila means there is a joy in the inside, covered up by a, by a, by a, by a, by a trepidation, by a fear. That comes from Vehanoira, from the, from the Nora, from Hashem being, as explained other times, from Kale, we say in Davening, Kale Elyon. Agibar Vehanoira, Kale Elyon is the next word. Kale Elyon means God as He is Elyon, above, above, above. And that's what enables Vahanoira, the, the, that's what brings together the, the Simcha and the fear. So, that, so you get. And that's why he's saying that Gila is a much higher experience than Simcha. Because the integration of love and fear, this can only come from the revelation of Vahanoira Kelelia. Only from the Vahanoira Kelelia. Only from such a high revelation do we have that. Another difference between Gila and Simcha, Vigam ha Gila hiya Simcha Gila is a type of joy that's taking place in the inner recesses of the heart. And Simcha is a joy that's taking place in the outer part of the heart. See, the first Indian that he says is that. Simcha is only love. Gila is a blend of love and fear. Number one. Another difference is that Gila is taking place in the inner recesses of the heart and Simcha happens in the external part of the heart. And the inner part of the heart is much richer and much deeper than the, we understand than the external part of the heart. And that's why the experience of Gila is a much higher experience than the experience of Simcha. So the Hagila, Vavigam, Hagila, who has Simcha, Shebepchinas Pnimius Aleiv, is the Simcha that there is in the innermost of the heart, Vaalmadiskasya, and in the concealed worlds. And we always know the rule that the concealed worlds are much higher and richer than the revealed worlds. Because what can be revealed is only a tiny little bit from what, from what is really there in the source. For example, the concealed and revealed worlds within a human being, one of the examples is, Thought and speech. Now, when a person is thinking, that's the concealed world. When a person is speaking, that's the revealed world. Now, thought is much richer than speech. You have the, the idea, the concept is much richer in a person's own thoughts than when he's trying to convey it in words. The words minimize it, the words diminish it. You have to be mitzamtzimit. It gets weaker, it gets watered down when it comes into speech. So, you see always that the Expression into speech, into Almadiz Galia, is a diminishment and a weakening and a diffusing of the, of the energy and of the power. Comes out that if Gila is the experience of the innermost of the heart, and Simch is the experience in the Chitzainius of the heart, that means that Gila is much higher than Simcha. And another example to that is, Ke'inyin, Luchos Achroinois Shenitnu Bechashai. It says the difference between the first luchos and the second luchos, the first tablets and the second tablets, was the first tablets, Hashem gave them in a very open, revealed way, in a very noisy way. He, he notified, 
he let all the, all the, all the uh, news stations know about it, and CBS and CNN and BBC and all these for Schwarzjahr, everybody was there taking with cameras watching the giving of the Torah. They were all set up. And what happened, because it was done so publicly, what happened, it didn't, it had, it didn't last. So Hashem said, the second one, we're just going to do quiet, a quiet party. We're not inviting anybody. It's just me and you and the family. So that's why the second luchas were quiet. Moshe Rabbeinu boarded on Yom Kippur. No one knew about it. And those lasted. So in Kabbalah and Hasidus, it says that the second luchas are much higher than the, than the first luchas. The fact that they're done in Chashoy means that it's in the concealed world. It's not in the revealed world. It's not as, it's not as pronounced as open on the outside. But that shows on something much richer that's in it. What? Because everything, in order for it to... Because the more expressed something is, the farther it is from the source. It begins in the inside. to make two pipes for a reason. One is supposed to be for water, and the other is supposed to be for ear. When we start confusing the two together, that's when there's problems. So now, <coughs> when things come out into expression, because it's coming out to the expression, it's, it's, it's being... The, the, the outside is not a keli. The outside is not a keli. It's in everything. The Rebbe says a mimer. And he says the mimer for, for seasoned Hasidim, who have been learning Kabbalah and Hasidus for years. Hasidus, whatever. He gives a mimer. So the mimer is rich, 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 with deepest Hasidus. By the time it's, it's, it's translated and given over to people, you know, where, where the rabbi is in, a, is, is in a shul, in a Chabad house somewhere, and he has to give over, and the people only give him 10 minutes in shul, that he has their, that he has their, uh, that he has their, uh, their attention span. So he gives over a 10 minute something. So that's begiloi, that's fully expressed. How much of the original thought, he's gonna give over something, but how much of the richness, the depth of the original source, or the original source is going to come out in that final, a little, a little, a little, a little trickle. And that's the way it is. And every, in every expression, the further you express something, the weaker it becomes. So therefore, gila, which is the internal joy of the soul in the inside, and and and, and it remains in the inside. So that's called gila. Now we understand why it says. B'nei Tzion Yagilu B'malka. Tzion is higher than Yerushalayim. Tzion is considered the inner heart. Yerushalayim is like the outer heart. Where is the Gila take place? In the, human, in the human being, we all have, we're all Yerushalayim. Every single Jew is Yerushalayim. And every single Yid is Tzion. That's why, we're, that's why the Arabs call us the Zionists. We have Tzion. And that's what bothers them. The pintalayid, the innermost of the Jew, that's what they're willing, that's what they're fighting against. That's what they want to destroy. The tzion, that reminds them of the Abishter. The gila, this, 
the tziyayin experiences gila. Okay, so the the so now in order to draw down that revelation we said earlier where does gila come from gila comes from when you because a gila is a, is, is a combination from love and fear at the same time from joy and in order to experience that that's only when you're when there is a gila there's a revelation not of Hashem's expressions not of Agadar but from Hashem himself Kel Elyon Hashem, as He is higher than all the attributes, Keser, the crown, Kel Elyon, Kel Elyon means the crown, that which is above, that which is so high. In order for that, only that can deliver, and, and only that can stimulate a feeling of gila. When we experience that, we're like shocked and awe, deep inside we're, we're, we're besimcha, but we're overwhelmed with fear. When there's a revelation of the Hanoira, of the awesome one. So, in order for that, now we lost it. In Golas, when, when the Beis HaMikdash was standing, we all had those experiences. When we davened every day, our, our spiritual, um, um, you say in Yiddish, you say, Iber Lebanish. It's, hard, it's a hard word to translate into, into English. It's more than experience. Our spiritual, our daily experience, when a Yid davened in the morning, he went through all these various different emotions. When there was a base amigdash standing. Here he's simcha, he's joyous. At a other point of davening, he's overwhelmed with the giluyalakusta shining in his soul, that he has a deep sensation of joy covered up by a by a fear. Right? We used to have that when the base amigdash was standing. When the amigdash was destroyed, what does it mean the base amigdash is destroyed? A structure was broken. But it really means we lost, we lost the connection. It's like you're on your phone, you don't have a connection. We don't have the connection of godliness anymore. We're impoverished. Our souls are dried up. There's no gila. In order for there to be gila, what do we want? We want to come back to what was once. We want the tzion inside of us to come alive again. Through what? To experience the gila. What do we need to do to restore the gila? We need to bring a giloy from above, from Vahanoira. What did we say? Vahanoira causes a reaction of gila. So in order for Tzion to have its spirituality back, it needs the gila, which is the gila. And when will it get that? When, it, when there's a revelation from Vahanoira. The problem is, Vahanoira is so sublime, it is so high, that its revelation can only come in a trickle. When it reveals itself, it can only reveal itself in a tiny little trickle. Because if, it, if, the, if the clouds would part, if the curtains would part, and we have a giluya from Vehanoira as it is, it would completely destroy the world. It would nullify all of existence instantly. Because it is so private, because it is so powerful, and it is so high, it can only give off its, its a revelation only in tiny little drops. That's why it says in Hasidus, we learned many times that when there's a gil, from Kesar, we can only receive from the here. Here means tiny little, little, little channels. From the other sefirot, we can, we can, we can receive from their limbs. But from Kesar, from the crown, you can only take from the here because only from such a narrow. That's the idea of why it says by, 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 by Tzion, it says, Halali Elokayich Tzion. Praise your Elohim, Tzion. 
We asked earlier, Elohim is an inferior name. It should have said, If Shabachi Yerushalayim es Hashem. If Yerushalayim praises Havaya, Yudke Vavke, then for sure Tzion, which is on a higher level, should for sure be praising the Yudke Vavke. And here we're saying, no, Hallelujah, Elokayich, Elokayich. Why Elokim? Elokim is lower. The answer is the Elokim that we're talking about over here is not lower than Havaya. The Elokim that we're talking about over here is higher than Havaya. Elokim, usually Elokim means a constricting power, something that is constricting. But there's two levels of constriction. There's two levels of constricting. I'll give you, an, uh, we'll use a muscle from a teacher. I hope I'm, I'm, I'm making up the muscle now, but it's a muscle that says on Chassidus, it's application to what we're learning now is what I am doing on my own, and I hope I'm not saying anything wrong. There's two ways a teacher will, when he's teaching, he does two tzimtzumim, two contractions. Contraction number two, we'll start with contraction number two, a teacher has an idea, he wants to teach it to the students, it's too rich for the students to understand, he has a lesson, teacher walks into a classroom and he has a lesson plan, he knows what he's going to teach. He takes a one look at the students and he sees, mm, ain't going to happen, they're not Kalim for this, they're just not going to get it. Not that they, they, they won't get the concept, they will get the concept, but I can't deliver it in plain um, trigonometry language, just as it is. I'm going to lose them all. So right away he thinks, I have to camouflage it. I have to put it into a muscle. I have to give a metaphor. So he gives a metaphor to conceal the concept, to put it into something else that is more relatable in the world of the student. That's one kind of a symptom. It's a symptom of a muscle, a muscle that's blocking the idea. Then the teacher leaves the classroom and he walks into another classroom. The first classroom that he was, the first classroom that he was in, is a is a is a is a is a average C class. The second classroom that he's entering is an average A plus class. Oh, so when he comes into the classroom and he realizes he doesn't need to give them the metaphor, he doesn't have to teach it. He can teach it in, in, in the language of trigon trigonometry directly, right? Geometry, whatever it is, he can treat it. He can teach it as is. He doesn't have to conceal it in a garment. So who is getting a richer, a richer lesson? Who's gonna understand the concept deeper? Who's gonna get a richer lesson? Of course, the A students over the C students. Because they, even when they got it, and let's say they're, they're, they're working hard, they're getting it through a muscle. And when you get something through a muscle, it's already diminished, it's not the same. The ones who are able to get it without the muscle are richer. That, that muscle is for the difference of having a giloy of shame avaya or giloy of shame alokim. Elokim is a metaphor. Elokim is a mashal. So when the Abishter is giving us a hashpa through Shem Elokim, it's the Elokim covering on Avaya. So therefore, it's, it's much less than if we would have a gilu. In other words, if we would have a gilu of Avaya, that's much higher. Gilu Shem Elokim is a much lesser gilu. It's a concealed gilu. It's a covered gilu. It's not in any way comparative to the revelation, compared to the revelation of Avaya. But now there's another mashal let me give you. The teacher is learning for himself the deepest, deepest ideas. Tonight is the Arizal's yard site. L'chaim, l'chaim. The Arizal went to sleep one Shabbos afternoon and he slept. And he was woken up by one of the students. 
whatever reason. Maybe it was time to come give the class, Shabbos afternoon class, and Arizal was sleeping and someone woke him up. And Arizal said, I don't think you should have woken me up. You should know that in my dream that I was dreaming now, in my sleep, they were revealing to me the secrets of the Torah on such a level that if I would want to teach it, these secrets, it would take me, what I, in one hour, what I got on my Shabbos nap, in one hour, it would take me to teach 60 to 80 years. 60, it's a dafka, samach, no, it says not 60 to 80, 60 or 80. It says samach oi peishana. Now hold on one second. Do you know that all the teachings we have from the Arizal, all the teachings that we have from the Arizal, was only from about two years in his life, a year and a half? Because he passed away when he was 30 something. 37, and then and he was only revealed as a as a mekubal and as a teacher, Reb Chaim Vital, for about a year and a half to two years. That's all the kizvei whatever we have. But what he got when he slept that Shabbos afternoon would teach him would take him 60, 70 years to teach. That means that there's much more secrets of the Torah than we have in the kizvei arizal, <laughs> and most of Kabbalah we have today is old arizal, and we only have what he taught in a year and a half. What he got in that one Shabbos shluf in that one 60 to 80 years. Okay. Now imagine the Arizal gets up from his sleep and he does want to give over something from what, from what he learned that 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 chance. And he learned it all, and in his head he's got that rich teaching. Imagine that, that richness of that insight through all the worlds, through all the ulama, through all the godly realm, unbelievable. But he has to teach it. So what does the Arizal have to do without any doubt? He needs to make a powerful, if he tries to take anything of what he learned and teach it, he's going to knock their minds off completely. He's going to lose their students, they can't come back to him anymore. He's going to bevolve them crazy. What does he have to do? He has to push everything he learns to the side, find one tiny little point of what he just learned, one nekudak tana, and that he begins to develop it and expand it, and then he can give it over. And to the students that don't understand it, I'll have to give a metaphor. That's to, this, to the C students. To the A students, he might be able to teach it without a metaphor. But what is he giving them? A tiny little nikuda. That too is a tzimtzum. That too is a contraction. That too is elokim. But it's a different elokim. The first level of elokim, or what we spoke about, the second level of elokim earlier, is an elokim that's covering on the giloy. We have a giloy, you have a revelation that's relatable. But these students are not Caleb for it. So you have to cover it, conceal it. But here we're talking about something else. Here in order to take something from this, from this, from this unknowable place, you can only take it with a tiny little drop. That is a powerful symptom. That's Elohim. That Elohim is higher than Yudke Vavke. Because Yudke Vavke is going to take that one little drop, which is where the Yud comes from, and expand it into a Yudke Vavke, which is an expansion. That's what it's going to do with it. But where is it initially coming from? From a powerful tzimtzum and a tiny little drop that's called Elohim. That's the Elohim that he's talking about over here, which we say, B'nei tziyoin yogilu b'malkom. Earlier, no, I'm sorry, before that we say, Halali elokayich tziyon. Because the, for tziyon, for the level of tziyon, to experience the godliness that tziyon, that belongs in our innermost of our nishal. That which causes us to react with a, with a joyous trepidation. 
with a gila, that has to be a revelation of what? From something so sublime that's called something so exalted, so high, so unknowable. From there, any revelation coming from that place can only come in a manner of Elohim. Powerful tzimtzum. So Elohim over there is not regular, regular levushim, garments. Elohim over there is the, is the like, like a spring. When water comes from a spring, it comes drop, drop. In a river, it's coming a lot. But in the spring, since it's by its source, very, very, very little. Because the sources are the deep waters. And if the, those waters would come out, it would happen like happened in UCLA this week, where the water break and destroy everything. So therefore, from that place, it can only come, tipim, tipim, drop, drops. And that's the meaning of Elokai. That's why, dafke, Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim, that's not receiving such a deep Vahanoira revelation. Yerushalayim, that is more experiencing more the Simcha, Shabachi Yerushalayim. Shabachi is a kind of praise that's more open, more revealed. Yismach Yisrael Ba'isov. Who lives in Yerushalayim? Yisrael. That's a simcha. That kind of, of, of revelation is not from such a high place. That can be from Yudke Vavke. But Sion, who are, became, who are receiving Gila, which that can only come through Elohim. So we learn over here that this Elohim is higher than Havaya. Tkiya Shofar, we mentioned earlier, the blowing of the Shofar is the time of Gila of Pnimiyas Hanashama, when our innermost of our soul gets to experience the highest revelations, and we tremble with joy, with a hidden joy on Rosh Hashanah, it says that the whole experience of Tkiya Shaifer is, we, we use the name of Allah Elokim Bisrua. Elokim Bisrua. We also say over there, I'll just give me one second, and he brings it in the Mimer over here, very Gishmaki Indian. Um, It says, Sois asis bahashem, I will rejoice in God. Sois asis bahavaya, in Hashem, Yudke Vavke. Tagel nafshi be'eloikoi. My soul will delight and tremble. Be'eloikai. Because this is a different place. This is not a revelation of Hashem. This is God Himself. And from there, it has to come through only tzimtzum. Kishem eloikim u'pchinitz ha'tzimtzum. Because all hamshachas that are coming from the pnimius of Hashem, hem bepchines tzimtzumim v'gvurais, they come through a lot of powerful tzimtzumim. And he says, v'zehu gamkein inyan. This is also the idea, we say, mimamakim krasicha Hashem. Hear this. From the depth I call out to you, Hashem. And we know that it's ten depth. Aseris Yemei Tshuva, we're going into the depth. Ten days, deeper and deeper and deeper. Omek, lefnim oimek. The word Omek is gematria resh yud vav. Omek is gematria 216. Resh yud vav, 216. Kuf is 100. Mem is 140. Plus 70. 140 plus 70. 40 plus 70 is how much? It's 210. Oh, there you go. 210 plus 6. There you go. It's 216. Omek is gematria 216, the exact gematria of Gevura. Because from the Omek, you can only receive through Gevuras. That's what we said here is also. 
very mitzumtzum, very, very little. Like the depth from where the mayon comes from. It's also gevura, very concentrate. It's called concentrate. It's like when you come learn chasidus at the mayon. You get like concentrated chasidus, not watered down stuff. You get the real deal over here. Oymek. Reish Yudvav. It comes from the source. That's why it's so hard to make a living in this place over here. To get this. All the other places have so much money. They make buildings. Here, why? Because it's gvura. Everything is... Okay, I'm sorry. I just have to talk a little. It's a very small little well. It's like the... It's like the eggs of grasshoppers. That's how small it comes out. Because if, if from this place it would come not through such tiny little holes, it would be like a marble. When the tahoimais come shooting forth. When the amshach is coming from the deepest place, and that's really, it says when they're blowing shoifer, you should look at the face of the one who's blowing, and you should look at his face that's becoming red. And take a look, the redness of the Baltokea is representing the God himself, the source from where the sound is coming from. Because the shoifer is not only us calling to Hashem, the shoifer is also v'avaya lekim, but shoifer Yitzchak Hashem is also blowing. So the redness of the face of the Baltikeya is the omek, the depth of godliness. And the shofar is meitzar, same idea, it's very narrow. It's also gvuron, mina meitzar karasika, very, very narrow. And then it gets broadened. But at the beginning, it's like the mayon. Tip, drop, drop, drop. When you experience that, you're overwhelmed. And what? Vigiloi. Vigiloi bira'ada. That's why it says by... That's why it says by, what's it called again? By Tzion. Hallelujah, loikayich Tzion. Tzion's, the godliness of Tzion is related to Gevura because it's so deep and it's so high that it can only receive from, from, a, from, a, from a Elohim, not from Havaya. But over here, Elohim is higher than Havaya. Not Elohim lower than Havaya. Elohim higher than Havaya. Fezehu, again, we go back into the Mimer over here. Um, from such a high place, in a manner that it should be, because in order that we should feel it, the point is that we should be visagel. We're looking that we should get, it's not stand that they should wash over our soul and we wouldn't feel it. The point over here is that it should enter into our neshama. Well, our neshama is going to explode if it's going to receive a giloy from something so deep. That it should cause a joy with trepidation. This can only come through great tzimtzumim. In the Maimer Vayikach Koyrach, the same idea of a very powerful contraction for it to become very small that it can enter into Pneumius. We know by the, by, the, by, the, by the strings of the tzitzis. The talis is the makif. The tzitzis are narrow strands. But dafka, the tzitzis bring it in to a panemius. Enable us to internalize the godliness. 
my soul with the light in Elokoi. This is the name of Elokim. This is the Tzimtzum and Gavura. And in truth, this level of Elokim. This is as it says, that Havaya will be to me Elokim. This is not Elokim as regular Elokim. This is what Yaakov Avinu said, that the level of Havaya will be considered to me Elokim. We're not dealing with ordinary Elokim. We're dealing with very high level of Elokim. But Yom Kippur too, we do Tshuva, and it says over there, Shuva Yisrael ad Havaya Elokecha. Tul Havaya will be Elokim. And this is the meaning of Halali Elokayich Praise your God, Tzion. Dafket which is the innermost of the neshama, which can experience such godliness, is related to Elokim, not to Havai. And in order to be Mamshech this Pechina, now we'll understand why Tzion b'mishpat tipadeh. Why Dafka, the way to restore this godliness in our souls, this holy trepidation. When was the last time any of us felt something like this? While we davened. A joy and a fear at the same time combined into one beautiful feeling. Beis HaMikdash is destroyed, we don't feel it. In order to get back, that Tzion should be b'mishpat, to get back, she should go back to her place. So that is b'mishpat. What's mishpat? You see, in order to, to bring down the revelation from above, from a level called Vahanoira Kelel, and we said earlier, the only way Hashem can reveal from a place so high is only if Hashem contracts Himself immensely. See, Hashem can, can, give, us, can give us Hashpa not from this place. And when Hashem doesn't give Hashpa from this very high place called Vahanoira Kelel, when Hashem's Hashpa is coming from Seder Hishtalshalos, when Hashem's Ashpa is coming from the system, then it doesn't have to have such contractions. Then it can come directly, open, expansive, in an expanded way. It's only when it's coming from the deepest of the deep and the highest of the high, over there it can only come in a tiny trickle. Right? If we do, and the Abishter gives Hashpa to whatever, to the nations, whatever. We're talking about this deep relationship where Hashem is giving His essence which can only come through a powerful tzimtzum, through a powerful Elohim. In order to evoke that, that the Abishter should want to do that, because it takes effort on his part, he has to contract himself into one little point. In order for him to, to create a concentrate, it's godly concentrate, that's what it is. It's the, it's the essence of godliness, potent godliness in a drop. In order for Hashem to do that, Midah Keneged Midah Hashem operates, Hashem Tzilch Hashem is our shadow, we need to make a powerful tzimtzum on ourselves. And that's what mishpat is. Mishpat means being harsh on ourselves and judging ourselves. In what sense? The nature of the person is that we're always in a state of expansion. There's a cookie. Whew, we expand. Here, here, here is me. Here's the cookie. And now I see that. And then whoop, I wrap myself around shoops, and pull it in. And now it's inside of me. Then there is something I want to read. Pull it in. There is something I want to do. Right? So the person is always expanding because I want, I need. Give me this, give me that. Person is, is always looking for pleasure, for enjoyment, for things that will. Uh, 
Mishpat means to be judgmental on yourself and not to give ourselves what we want. That's the mishpat. I want, no. It's the, it's the restraining, it's the constraint. When the person is, when the abishter sees we're moving ourselves on the side and contracting, that causes him to contract in a good contraction, which is to concentrate himself into one tiny little drop so he can give us something so special. He can give us his essence, which will in turn cause vigilu berada, which will give the tagel nafshi belikai. But that's why Tziyayin will only experience b'mishpat ipada. Mishpat is, let's read inside, v'kadei la'am shech b'chinezu, in the bottom line, in order to be ma'am shech tis b'china, zayu al yedei b'chinas mishpat. This is tafke through mishpat, tahaynu, li is bitl ratzen, for a person to nullify their will, v'tzimtzum and contraction, she yetzamtzum es atzma, a person should contract himself. We're not talking about sinful stuff. We're in the realm, the realm of the permissible. Where I'm allowed to. That's kosher. But just because it's kosher, like the Alter Rebbe says, Hasidim said, not everything that you're allowed to, you need to have. It's not. It's, um, and as old Hasidim trained themselves, this was the first thing that Hasidim trained themselves. When they came to learn Hasidus by the Alter Rebbe, the first thing they trained themselves was everything that the body wants, they didn't do. Anything, anything that they had a desire to do because their body wanted, they became, they, they trained, they got it become, almost like it became instinctive that as soon as I want, no, just because I want it. Whatever they did was all because the mindset is the right thing to do. Nothing instinctive. Imagine what kind of training that takes. Nothing ever to just do. And that's how you refine the body. Refine, refine the Nefesh Bahamas. But in this case also, it allows for revelations to come from the deepest place. And that Maimari explains that. And this is the Mishpat. A person is tough on himself. Mishpat means judgment. You're tough on yourself. Not to allow himself to go after excessive pleasures. Judges them. What does he mean it judges them? Tzadikim are very discriminate in what they will do. They're not just do whatever. A tzadik is very, very, very calculated in his, in his only bare minimum what he needs, he does. Anything else than that, he denies himself. Why should he have it? So, <coughs> doesn't mean that tzadikim live a poor life. Well, they, they experience their richness and their pleasure and their enjoyment in higher things, in godliness. And uh, material things, they take the bare minimum. And that's the idea of mishpat. That's one idea of mishpat. So he's learning mishpat has two inyanim to it. Number one inyan in mishpat is being restrictive on oneself. And that causes the tzimtzum above from where the, from where the drip can come. The drip of the godly concentrate. The second Indian in Mishpat is, what's the second Indian in Mishpat? Is Torah. We said earlier, Torah is called Mishpat. Learning Torah. And that is also accomplished by the Eisek Torah. Also through Torah study. Shanikra Mishpat. Torah study is also called Mishpat. 
In order that we should restore things the way they ought to be. The way it was when we lived in Yerushalayim and we had our neshamas healthy. And when we had a tzion part in our neshama. In order that our tzion should be a gilu, that it should delight in godliness. The gilu berada, rejoice with a tremble. It's through the mishpat that we said before, which is what? Being restrictive on oneself. And also the Eisekatera. And also learning Torah. Why? Now he's going to explain. We, we explained earlier why Mishpat. We explained earlier why, um, why the restraining element is important. Because again, in order to have this Giloy, the Eibishter has to restrain his infinite light, con- concentrate and give us, concentrate himself into a point. So that comes when we concentrate. We do a Tzimtzum on ourselves. Why does it connect to Limud HaTorah? The connection to Limud HaTorah is not so much in terms of God's hashba, but in, but in our ability to be able to be a recipient to this, to this hashba. Why? What is the experience of, of Tzion? Is Gilu. Tzion's, the spirituality of Tzion is the spirituality, the experience of Gila, which is that, which is a love covered with fear. It's a delight and a pleasure and a, and a simcha covered with a fear, with a crust of fear. Fear-crusted simcha joy. In order to have that, in order to have that experience, one needs to learn Torah. Why? If there's no chachma, there's no fear. This level of fear, this kind of a fear, it's called yirei Allah, the higher fear. And also, oh, by the way, by Matan Torah, by the way, by Matan Torah, when Hashem was, when Hashem gave us the Torah, there too it says, since Matan Torah was coming from such a deep and high place, there too it says, Wouldn't, Isn't it strange that when it comes to Matan Torah, it doesn't say, giving of the Torah. It's the same like Barashas Bar Elohim. How can it be that Matan Torah opens up with Vayadaber Elohim as called Varamaela? And the answer is it's not the same Elohim like Barashas Bar Elohim. Barashas Bar Elohim is what we said earlier. It's the metaphor, it's the concealment. That Elohim is a Mugain to Shem Avaya. It's just covering it and blocking it. The Elohim from Vayadaber Elohim is because it's something so deep. And so high and so essential, the Abish can't say it out unless he concentrates it into, into and through a powerful symptom. And there is a, a tiny little came out from this contracted, powerful contraction. But that requires what? That's because if it would come as is, it would destroy the world completely. As we said earlier, it's like the teacher. If he has this very rich idea, if he, the student thought that he's going to teach teachings that are so, so, um, so deep, so broad, so high, it's going to it's going to to overwhelm the kalem of the of the of the students. So he's, got, he's just giving 
both. It's a tiny bit, but it's also because it's a chalik of the etzem. Every point of the etzem is the whole etzem. So it's really all there. But it's the gam. So in chachmen yer, kumar darek kumar. But there are masks of the darek lekim anoichi. The gam kiyam mishpat lelekimhu, as we said earlier. And also the reason is because mishpat is telekim. Liyos halalia lekayach tzian, as we said earlier, that in order for should be halalia lekayach tzian requires this mishpat. Ukenal va'ayim ashakasev divra maschal avaya liba oizri shekedei liyos haklita, and now he's giving in uh, another source in order that there should be the absorption. See another reason why um, why the the avoida. In order to receive the giluyim, the revelations that are shayach to the tzion element in our neshama, you need dafket to have mishpat, which is explained earlier means mainly constricting yourself. Constricting yourself is simply because tzion is the deepest, deepest part of your neshama, in which the deepest godliness comes down. So, in a different mimery, explains that. Um, The Lushan over there is give me a second. The Mimer by Shmini Atzeres. Avaya Liba Oizri. Let me read to you a little piece. This Mimer, as we said earlier, is that this Mimer is a. You know what this mimer is? That's why it's hard to learn it. This mimer is a is a uh, tzion drop concentrate. That's why I haven't found anybody. No, no one ever teaches this mimer. It's a very concentrate. Uh, so uh, that's why I'm, I'm reading from different places to expand it a little bit. So the Alter Rebbe makes reference of a mimer which will give insight into this idea. This is from a mimer that we taught over here in Shul this year, Sukkot, during Shmini Atzeres and the whole week of Sukkot. He brings over here in Sif Beis, V'hine b'zman she'ein Beis HaMikdosh Kayam Nikra Knesses Yisrael B'Shem HaKara. He says, when the Beis HaMikdosh is not standing, the Jewish people are called Akara, a barren woman who can't have children. Kamashakasav, as it says, Rani Akara, rejoice Akara, the, the barren one, Lo Yolda, who hasn't given birth. What does it mean? Well, the Asid Lava, Ibu Mashiach comes, Ksivit says, that she got her birth pangs, like it's happening now, that the world, the Jewish people, is getting birth contractions. And she gives birth to her children. The Indian and the idea is how the Alter Rebbe learns it. What does it mean? The difference between if is an Akara or if is a mother. What does it mean? Every day we make a bracha, Baruch Hashem. We're always saying Baruch Hashem. A hundred brachas a day, Baruch Hashem, Baruch. What does Baruch Hashem mean? Baruch Hashem means Baruch. It should be drawn down. Ata you, Havaya Yudke Vavke through the four letters Yudke Vavke, and it should be drawn Elokeinu, our God. That means Elokus should be drawn into our nefesh every day. 
Now we know we said in today's Tanya that we don't make a bracha levatala. That means if it's saying Baruch Atah Hashem is because I, we're downloading godliness into our soul. If we're downloading godliness into our soul, every day, a hundred times a day, we get a godly download. Shouldn't be we feeling more godly? Shouldn't the Abishter be something more, more real in our lives, more powerfully felt in our neshama? He says, how come we don't feel anything? What's going on? It's really happening. We're saying like it's mamish there in front of us. So it's not like a zip drive where it's closed and you can No, it's an open file. It's being nimshach in yeshama. The heart doesn't respond. We're not going to say that the bracha is levatolach hasvashalom. The blessing was in vain. She'ein o'y nimshach gili alakus, that there's no gili alakus draw. Ki be'emes b'chol yoyim v'yoyim nimshach gili alakus. Every day there is divine revelation, lamata down here. U'barach Hashem me'oylam v'yadoylam, and Hashem is being drawn from world to world. B'chol yoyim v'yoyim every day. Ach e'en o'y nimshach lamata, it's not registering in the person's heart, in the depth of the heart. It's not being absorbed. It's not being absorbed in, in the panemius. Mamish. Elohu, but rather, it's like Bepchenes Akara. It's like a barren woman. She receives the hashpa from her husband, but it does not click that it should create something real inside of her. She doesn't have a child. So every day there's ashpa, 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 and it gets like spit out. It's not, it's not being absorbed. Same as also, davening, baruch, brachis, hamshachas into the soul. And the Jewish people are in akara. They're not, it's not taking for, what are the children? Ava ve'ira, love and fear are considered children. We should respond with something. Shapayleta satipa, shashpa's gili elakush, nimshach mo'edom adoidom. V'zehu, oh, so what happens to it? When, when Mashiach will come, whoa, all this godliness that we've taken in is suddenly, is suddenly going to... Rani Akara, the Akara is going to suddenly have birth. She's going to give birth to a few trillion babies because she has it all inside of her. She has all that revelation inside that it never clicked. It never got absorbed. Vizel, and this is what we say, hear this. We say in, in Bayasuka, we say, Kola Ezrach be Yisrael. Yeshvu basukais. It's a famous pasuk. Kala Ezrach be Israel. All the citizens amongst the Jewish people should sit in the sukkah. Kala Ezrach, all the citizens, all the natives. It's just all the natives. Kol Yisrael, Yeshvu basukais. So the Altarebbe says, Kala Ezrach means, Ezrach comes from the word Zricha, shining. Zricha means shining. Shine, like sunshine, Zricha. When the sun comes up, sunrise is called Zricha. Zarah Hashemesh, the sun shines. Ha Ezrach means that which I will, that which I will sign, shine. Ezrach, I will. Like whenever you have an aleph in the middle, in the beginning of a word, it means I will do something. Right? Um, so, Kala Ezrach means everything that I will shine to the Jewish people after Mashiach comes. Yeshvu, today's days, Basukais, it's hovering above you. All the revelations that are, that are going to be perceived, experienced after Mashiach comes, 
Then it's going to be internalized. Kola Ezrach is going to shine inside of us. Now it's also here. But now, Yeshu Basukos. It sits in a makif. Sukkah is a makif. It's his hovering. It's like it says, uh, the Kotzka Rebbe says, it says, all these words should be on your heart. In your heart. So he says, because the heart is clogged. So a person will say, what's the point of learning? What's the point of davening? What's the point of everything that I'm doing? If it's not entering the heart, we're in akara, we're stuffed. Nothing is going in. It's not, not registering. So he says, no, no, no. You put it on the heart. And one day the heart will open. It will all fall in. If you're not going to put anything on the heart, then you're not going to have anything to go in. But when you put it on the heart, when there's a moment, when the heart opens up, all the wisdom and everything you've learned will finally uh, will finally. That's why a person shouldn't say, you know, I'm clogged, I have a, I have a clogged soul. Why am I learning Hasidus? Why am I learning my modern? Pile it up. Put it on. And that's the idea of Kola Ezrach B'Yisrael, Yeshu, they will sit Basukas. Also, what does it tell you that what? That in order to have a Tzion moment, Tzion is the part of our Neshama that experiences godliness, Bepnimius, the innermost, the light, right? We spoke about Togel Nafshi, my soul delights in godliness. The only way to do that is to get rid of the nefesh of Bahamas and the klipa that are causing that are causing it to, to spill out, not, not, not to be absorbed. As he says, what causes it? What causes the klipa? I'm sorry, the uh, the hashpa to come down and spill out and not be absorbed. El into the heart. for the person who aguf nefesh Bahamas. That's because of all the pizza, sushi, and whatever else we eat, which causes such a thickness in our animal soul and in our, in our body. That, that clog that surrounds the godly soul, and they enclose it, and these are the ones that hold back, they prevent from the outside. So this hamshacha cannot reveal itself in the soul. And that's what keeps on bothering a person. And they throw him down in worldly matters. In the, in the pleasures of it. Everybody knows in what, in what he's stuck in. And therefore the love remains stuck. Right? It, it gets covered up. So in order for the giloya nefesh, you have to break that. That's why tziyayin b'mishpat tipadeh. By, by breaking the, 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 that, that, that coarse cover that doesn't allow the heart to feel anything. When you break that, that's what he said. What, what, what he said is mishpat. Mishpat is depriving yourself from, from all the desires that a person wants that opens up the heart that you shouldn't be an akare anymore. And it should be able to be betogel nafshi beloikai. Yismach, yismach Yisrael beoisav b'nei tzioin, that's the innermost of the heart. Yagilu should be able to re- rejoice b'malkam in their, in their king. That's what he says over here. V'ayim ashakasa b'divna maschalavaya li ba'ozri shekadei liyas haklita b'nefesh alakis. In order for the absorption to happen in the godly soul, hu al yadei, this is true, Laman das ameya aretz. What do we? What do we? What do we? What do we just keep on saying on Sukkot? Sukkot is the time that we have this revelation on the outside. How do you? Shmini atzeres is the time that you absorb it. It enters in. 
What do you always say on Sukkot all the time? You say Hashanis, and the end you say Laman Das that all the nations of the world should know Ki Hashem Elokim. The Alter Rebbe learns Laman Das. Das also means they should be broken. Laman Das Kol In order from the, the word Das also means from the word he brings a pasuk Vayedu Boim Anche Sukkot that the people of Sukkot Vayedu they broke them, they beat them, but they polished them. It says they broke them. Same. So the, the, the idea is that Laman Das, means that in order to experience this godliness, you have to break the Ame Ha'aretz. Who is the Ame Ha'aretz? The Guf and the Nefesh of Bahamas, which they are the thick Ame Ha'aretz. They're the, they're the earthy people, the people of the earth. They're blocking the Neshama. Laman Das, And then the Neshama can shine. Then the godliness can reach the soul. So Laman Das Lishboy who Shekadei Liyasaklit the Benefishuli Kiss who Al Yedei Laman Das Ameyaretz Lishboy Tivus Nefeshabahamis to break the the animalistic desires for Hagufen of the body Hamastirim Amoynim Aklito Benefishuli Kiss that block and interfere with the absorption of the godly soul Shuhub Chenas Tziyin which is the Tziyin in Yenishama where does the Abish the rest Let's ask this question Where did the Abish the rest on, on the Har Tzion, on the mountain of Tzion. Al Har Tzion Shashamim, we say, in Echa. On the mountain of Tzion that became desolate. Tzion is the mountain, it's the peak of our Neshama, where godliness makes the connection. Sometimes you have a device, and that device is like an antenna, and it's supposed to pick up frequency. But what happens if the antenna is sitting there, and it got dusty, and dirty, and filthy, and rusty, and boom, 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 then what happens? That clogging, doesn't allow the antenna. So what do you do? You polish it, you unclog it, you remove all the thing, you get the antenna clean again. And once it's clean again, it's going to receive reception. It's going to get reception again. And that's what's happening over here. So you have three reasons. You learn the mime, you can learn it quickly and miss it. There's three reasons why tzion b'mishpat tipada. Number one, the godliness that it takes, the godliness that the tzion part of your neshama connects to, is so high and so deep and so powerful that the only way it can be revealed is through a powerful tzimtzum. In order to make the Abishter have that powerful tzimtzum, you need to make a powerful contraction in yourself to cause him. Secondly, the experience is one of love mixed with fear. In order to experience love mixed with fear, you need to learn Torah because Torah ain't chachma ain't yira. There's no higher fear without, without, uh, without chachma. So that's the second reason why you need tzion b'mishpat tipada. Reason number three, you need it. In order to absorb something in your nefesh, you need to clean out a little bit, you need to clean up the shop a little bit, so you have place to move in the new merchandise. If you have old merchandise sitting around, you can't put in the new merchandise. So you have to clean it out. And that's what the mishpat is. It's the cleansing, allowing the nefesh to be a koilate, to be absorbing the, uh, the 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 godliness. Um, one second. K'mosh akasa beparshas the tzav soif the ramaskel inyan shivas yameya beluyim beinyan pidish amala hacharva. Bezau inyan tziyon b'mishpat afka tipade. That tziyon is redeemed through mishpat. K'mosh akasa and like it says k'mishpat arishon, like the first v'targum in uncle is kehilchas akedmaisa, like the original thing. The 
Suddenly he throws in something over here, which was, was getting me confused today. Um, it could be, it makes sense a little bit. Let, let's try to figure this out. He brings Kamosh Kasef. What does it mean, Mishpat? Um, <clears throat> there's a Pasuk that says, Kamishpat Harishain. Like the first, like the first rule, where is the Pasuk Kamishpat Harishain? I'm not sure. The Targum Unkelis, and the Targum says, Kehilchas Akadmaisan. Like the initial law. Ta'ainu. Which is, and that's what we learn not usually in Chasidis, that Mishpat means Limadatayra, laws. But what, what is the idea? What is he saying over here? We're talking about restoring the soul. Tziyayim b'mishpat tipadeh means to restore this neshama to its default state. It's like to, fact, to, factory, to factory settings. Okay, the Ebrister gave you a neshama and his settings that he said it was very good. Comes the person and mess things up. And the Jewish people in Golas, we mess things up. Now we have to get things back to the settings, the way things were when they... Initially, the, the factory settings of creation were before the sin of the Eitzadas. And the human being was a keli for godliness. Comes the sin of the Eitzadas and he threw everything off. Mishpat, and what does Torah do? What does Halachis do? Halachis sets things straight. It puts everything back the way it's supposed to be. What the Torah is supposed to do, it's supposed to guide us into getting back to the factory settings. Adam and Chava and the sin and the snake, they turned all the dials the wrong way. Everything became, whatever was supposed to be off was turned on. Whatever was supposed to be on was turned off. It's like, and imagine this, you got a computer with a trillion components and every single thing got messed up. So what does the Torah do? Click, 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 click. You're getting everything back. That's what Mishpat means. You set things up back in order. You make order out of chaos. Like when the worlds were al in their station, before the chet eitzadas, like it says in Yirmiyo, Okay, so this is tziyin That's the first of the four. Remember we said we bring two, we lost two. The Abishta brings his two chesed and rachamim. We lost two. We lost our tzedakah and mishpat. The Abishter takes away his chesed and rachamin. We find back our tzedakah and mishpat, like we learned earlier, tziyayim b'mishpat ipadah v'tzedakah The Abishter restores his chesed and rachamin. That's what he's going to explain now. So, so far we have the meaning of b'mishpat. How do you get back your mishpat? He gives you quite a recipe of work. A lot of Torah learning and not doing whatever you want to do. That's basically whatever the body wants, whatever you want to do, a little restraining. A little restraining, really. You know, the sense, the truth is like this in the nine days, we have restrictions. You can't have meat, you can't have uh, certain things. But you know, Baruch Hashem, with all of our Milichiga restaurants, we figured out how to like work around it and keep ourselves quiet as a younger Pashit, even though officially, well, why they make no meat? It meant to be that a yid is supposed to be in a state of. Yeah, an inner state during this time that this gashmi is becomes like something he doesn't he's not interested in right? but today all the fleshig restaurants make a fish menu <laughs> which means Baruch Hashem we figure it out so what, what's the point right? why, why are we starting up with our poor animal souls why are we starting 
but we don't want to accept the fact that true spirituality can only come when the body is harnessed. That's it. It just doesn't, it doesn't go together. You know, California kind of spirituality is, you know, it's like having, having it all and also a spiritual moment. It's so fake, it's so silly, it's so ridiculous. It's, not, it's nothing real to it. Real spirituality requires a, a giving up, a giving up of the physical pleasure so you can experience the godly pleasure. It's one of the two. That's what the Rebbe is saying. You bring in the mishpat, you'll get your tzion back. Now, and he said also, it's also, what's the other one? Oh, at least it's good music. The second one is, Shaveha bitstaka, and the returnees will come back with tzedakah. Now, you remember the Alter Rebbe in all of his memoriam, if you remember the style, last week too, we learned that when you do, um, when, uh, when someone learns Taira, he's making shalom last week in our Hasidus, we learned last week, but in the Maimar Hechotzu, he says you make peace in the higher abode, in the upper realm, the shalom b'pamalishamata, and peace in the lower abode, the higher and the lower abode. So he explains first, Limud Torah makes peace, and then he says through the doing of mitzvahs. That's what the Maimer, tzedakah, see, mishpat means through Limud Torah, learning Torah, and self-restraint. Shaveha um, bitzedakah means to bring back her captives, that's through tzedakah, and tzedakah means giving tzedakah, but it also means all, all mitzvahs, a, a, a increased performance of mitzvahs. The giving of mitzvahs. All mitzvahs are called tzedakah. Like it says, a tzedakah It will be a tzedakah for us. When we will observe to do all the mitzvahs. And also, Another explanation is, not stam mitzvahs. You can do mishpat, which is learning Torah, and also tzedakah. But he's taking it, there's another Indian of it, and, and, and I'm sorry, and also mitzvahs. It's another Indian. The tzedakah comes from the mishpat. Tzedakah comes from mishpat. What does it mean tzedakah comes from mishpat? Generally, people have very limited resources to give tzedakah. It's hard to make a living these days. You don't really make much of a living. And it's hard, people are having a hard time. So, you know, how much money do people have for tzedakah? So people have a... And you sit down, you make a cheshbon. You say, I need to pay, make my car payments. I need to have this. I need to have, you go through all the lists. And then it's left over. You have a little left over for tzedakah, not much. Some months, I don't really have anything for tzedakah because I'm busy. But the Altareb explains in the Mimer, that's why that's not the way you give tzedakah. First, you have to do mishpat. You have to be, you have to be very, very strict on yourself. You give yourself only the bare, bare minimum of what you need to survive. And then, you have much, you find out you have much more money to give to tzedakah. It depends where a person puts his comforts. If he needs so much, so much, so much, so much, if he has everything, he has already his house, and he has his yacht, and he has his helicopter, and he has his private jet, and he has his, uh, his uh, you know, the different summer homes, and three vacation homes, and all these things, and then he's got extra money, he's, he's gonna give tzedakah also. 
That's not Jewish tzedakah. The Alter Rebbe explains in the Maimar over there that that's Yishmael's tzedakah. Yishmael is also chesed. But Yishmael gives tzedakah only from like the, the leftovers. After he's taken his fill that he doesn't have anymore. The real tzedakah is to lasse, it says by Avram Avinu Hashem, Avram taught his children lasse tzedakah u mishpat. Tzedakah that comes from mishpat. Avram was that way. He took the bare minimum for himself and everything else he gave away for tzedakah. So that's what he's saying. That's what causes a person to give tzedakah. As the Altar explains in that mime. David did mishpat and tzedakah. And that's why the Altar Rebbe, if you take a look in Tanya, in Agaris, in the letters in the back of Tanya, the Alter Rebbe sends letters. And the Alter Rebbe demands of Hasidim. He says, I know the time has become very hard. And you mamish don't have money for your own food. Mamish love him v'oichlim. You're borrowing money to eat. This is what the Alter Rebbe says. Still, I demand of you, the Alter Rebbe says, that you don't cut down on the tzedakah you've been giving all the years. I, why? And he gives a reason. He says, this that the sages have said, that your that your that your life comes before someone else. The Alter Rebbe writes this in the letter, and it's printed in Tanya for everybody. This that your life comes before someone else. That is, if we're talking mamash about bread and water, so bread and water, yeah. If you only have one jug of water and you're in the desert and there's someone else with you, you don't have to give the water to them. Chayachakoidmin, your life comes before someone else. That's, but he says only on life. But he says you're gonna have fish and meat and whatever, and other people are starving and they don't even have what to eat. On that Chazal never said that your comes before them. To be able to, it's, it's, no, there are others come before you. That's the idea that he's talking about over here. Tzedakah u Mishpat. And that's the kind of tzedakah that we have to give, that it should be Vishaveha Tzedakah. Through tzedakah, remember the Pasuk says two things. Yismach Yisrael ba'oisav, b'nei tzion yagilu b'malka. So b'nei tzion yagilu b'malkom is the more internal experience of the neshama and the inside. Yismach Yisrael is a more outer expression of joy, which that comes from a more outer avoida. The more outer avoida is kiyama mitzvahs. The more internal avoida is what? Internal avoida is more limud is more internal. As opposed to mitzvahs, which is more external. So, which is the sensation and the inner experience experienced in the innermost of the neshama, that is yogilu. That's gila, the sagel, the sagel yaladata. Right? It's the gila. It's the inner experience. And then, as a result of our doing acts of kindness and tzedakah and generosity, that brings simcha, which is more external. So now the Alter Rebbe says, okay, so these are the two things that we got to bring back, right? These are the two things that we got to restore to bring back what? In order that should be what do we have to bring back? We have to bring back um, Mishpat and Tzedakah that we got from Avram Avinu. What is the Abish to promise us that if we bring back that, what is he going to bring us? He's going to give us Chesed and Rachman. 
Hashem gives us as a response to our tzedakah and chesed, the Abishter gives us two, two, two gifts, two jewels. We give him two jewels, he gives us two jewels. He's saying what the Abishter is giving us, Rachmim and Chesed, he's going to explain Rachmim is the Yud Gimel Midas Rachmim, and Chesed is something even higher than Yud Gimel Midas Rachmim. Even higher, even deeper. But he's going to explain how the Rachmim that the Abishter gives us is on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is Yud Gimel Midas Rachmim. And the Chesed that the Abishter gives us is on Sukkot. What does it have to do? Because the avoid of Tzion Bemishpati Pada Veshavel Betzdaka is the avoid of the three weeks. It's the avoid of the nine days. So every year the Abishta says to us like this, I'm giving you three weeks, I'm giving you nine days, you bring back what you lost. Let's get back the tzedakah and the mishpat. You bring that back, I'm coming seven weeks later, and I'm going to add the chesed and the rachamim. And the chesed and the rachamim, which tells us that Yom Kippur and Sukkot is a direct derivative from the, the Tisha B'av and the, and, and the three weeks. Now that's the time that we work on getting back our tzedakah and mishpat that we lost. Remember the mashal that he gave? The mimer began with the mashal, that a king marries a queen. And she brings two gems into the, into the marriage. Two pieces of jewelry. The king says, you bring two, two jewelry, two pieces of jewelry, I'm going to bring two ornaments as well. He gives her two of his own. Then it says she lost the two that she brought in. The king says, you know what, you lost your two, I'm taking back my two as well. Okay? Then she goes and figures out and she finds it and she brings it back. The king says, ah, you brought it back, I'm bringing back what I have given you. And then the king says, you know what, let's take it all and make it into one crown and put it on your head. All four jewels. That's what, that's what the Medrash says. So the Altadeb is learning like this. Tzedakah and Chesed, uh, Tzedakah and Mishpat are the two jewels that we have from Avram Avir. That's what the Pasuk says. We have that from Avram. Avram is going to command his children the Abishter comes and gives us chesed and rachamim as it says in the pesukim that Hashem says I will give you chesed and rachamim we lost the tzedakah and mishpat as he brings a pasuk that says that the Jewish people in Yerushalayim became corrupted tzedakah, no tzedakah, no mishpat the Abishter says I'm taking back my chesed and rachamim the Abishter didn't have rachmanas on us he allowed cruelty the, 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 the savage Romans came and, they, and since then we've been living under harsh cruelty that the Ebishter's chesed and the Ebishter's rachamim is not there during the Golas we bring back our tzedakah and mishpat the Ebishter brings back his chesed and rachamim that, that, that's, the, that's what we learned earlier but he's learning this, this happens yearly yearly this happens we have the three weeks and Tisha B'av in which we which we find, we get back to doing tzedakah and mishpat, and the Abishta gives us chesed and rachmim, Rosh Hashanah and I mean, Yom Kippur and Sukkot. And now he's going to explain it. V'zeu in Yezakov lo shnei erizim kenegdoi, p'chinas rachamim, the rachmim that Hashem gives us, is the, what it says in the Pasuk, the Abishta says that the mountains will move and the hills will crumble. V'chasti me'itoch and, kind, and my kindness from you, lo yamash, will not depart. Omar Merachmech Hashem says the one who has compassion on you, Hashem. So what's Merachmech Hashem? That's Yud Gimel Midas Arachmim. Omar Merachmech Gilu Yud Gimel Midas That's the revelation of the thirteen attributes of mercy. Hamizgalim Biyom Kippur. 
which they are revealed on Yom Kippur, Kamoshikasav Lakamon, Soifteramasal Kiaharim Yamushu. In the Maimur Kiaharim Yamushu, Omar Merachme Hashem is the is the is the is the revelation of of the highest Rachamim which comes on Yom Kippur. For who Nimshach and that is drawn Al Yadebchenas Mishpat, and that is drawn through the Mishpat Hanal Shaisa Adam Benafshe. We're saying like this, corresponding to the mishpat, see if the Eberster is giving us two gifts, corresponding to us bringing back our good qualities, what are our good qualities? What did we say earlier? What are our good qualities? Mishpat and tzedakah. The Eberster gives us chesed and rachamim. So he says like this, rachamim is corresponding to mishpat and chesed is corresponding to tzedakah. So equivalent to our mishpat, which as he said before, mishpat means we're judgmental on ourselves. We're harsh with ourselves in restraining ourselves and not doing whatever we want, whatever our bodies are looking for, in which we're more, more restrictive in our own. And by the way, one shouldn't think, and this is very important, one should not think that this is not for me. Because this is not for me. You know, these are for... One should not think that this is not for me because... Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, this is for like, you know, real chassidim who worked on themselves. No, this is for ourselves, meaning to say that, that we could, we can also restrain ourselves. It doesn't have to be like serious mortifications. But if we decide to eat sushi without, one piece of sushi without adding the wasabi on it, that's good. That's a good start. The other eight pieces, they give you eight when you buy them in a thing. The other eight, you'll put the wasabi and you'll decorate it with all 15 sauces. But one of them, one, you'll eat without it. That's a restraint. I guarantee you that's going to cause giluyim nefloyim lamayla. That's our avayda, you know. It's a skafia. It's a skafia. It's not giving the body what it wants because, you know, this is not my life. This is not my life. It's, it's, a, it's a distortion. Basically, our animal souls have distorted our sense of delight and our sense of pleasure. It's not, it's not what a Jew is about. A Jew's delight and pleasure is in a mitzvah, in godliness, a sensation of holiness. That's a delight of it. All these things are just a, it's a distortion. It's such a corruption. It's such a deep twist. And, and in order to restore our spirituals, to get ourselves back to a spiritual stature, it requires some self-discipline. That's what it is. It's self-discipline that we need to, that we need to bring upon ourselves to fix up. So he's saying that the, the Yud Gimel Midas Arachimim that Hashem gives us is a direct derivative of our Mishpat. Because part of the Mishpat is also, part of the Mishpat is taking ourselves to task and being judgmental on ourselves and harsh and looking in and saying, you know, this is not good, this is not good, which is the Tshuva which we do on Yom Kippur. Before Yom Kippur we're doing Tshuva. Hashem Nuba, God Nuba. We're, 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 we're really taking ourselves to task. When we do that, that evokes Rachamim. So you see that as a result of the mishpat that we're harsh on ourselves, that evokes rachem. They revealed in Yom Kippur. And this comes through the mishpat that a person makes in a soul. Oh, and Yom Kippur, you see two things. You see in Yom Kippur the element of mishpat because first of all you're harsh with yourself. We judge ourselves in Yom Kippur. We hit ourselves. But another thing, Yom Kippur, simply we restrain the physical pleasures. And Yom Kippur is the one day we don't eat. 
We have the five inflictions. That's why it says in Yom Kippur, inflict yourselves, which is this, this is the epitome of Mishpat. This that he spoke earlier of not giving in in Yom Kippur. That's what we do. We're not giving in. Also involved in it is the crushing and the and the when a person crushes himself. He evokes the revelation of the 13 attributes of mercy from above. Like good oil. When does oil, the Yud Gimel Midas Arachimim are related to, the, to oil? Because it says, like the good oil, Keshem and Atoiv ala Roish, on the head. Yoyred ala Zakan comes down on the hair. On the beard. The beard, Hashem's beard is the 13 attributes of mercy. The shemen goes on. But how do you get the shemen? How do you get the oil? By crushing, kusses, to crush the olive. So the crushing that a person crushes himself evokes that oil as it's coming down. Remember we said before this two pirushim. The Alta Deba says a pirush, it's not saying a psapirush. Oh, uh, I, can say, I can say something else. Every pirush over here is based on the deepest inner, inner, inner. So when the Alter Rebbe mentions before that mishpat means two things, self-discipline and also, um, and also Torah. So in the shaykhis of mishpat tarachmim, he's also explaining it both in Torah and in, and in self-discipline. Self-discipline, he says, Yom Kippur, what do we do? It's the day of the most disciplining of the body. Also, we find the crushing, in which you, you dis, you, you, you're harsh with yourself. And also, Torah, also, Shanikra Mishpat, which is called Mishpat. We know that Torah evokes the 13 attributes of mercy. What is the connection of Torah to the 13 attributes of mercy? So, so there's two in Yana. The 13 attributes of mercy. What does it say? We know the number 13 is, is important in two things. There's 13 attributes of mercy. There's also 13 midos. The 13 midos, we say Rabbi Shmuel, right before Hoidu. The 13 ways in which we expound in the Torah. Kalvachomer, Gzereshava, all the things, all the methods that Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu that when you apply this system to the Torah, that's how you'll get to the right halacha. 13 methods. So it says that the 13 methods of Yud Gilomidis Arachamim, 13 methods of Torah, correspond to the 13 uh, um, methods of. of um, Well, so the 13 attributes of mercy. That's why, and it says the first one, Kale, is Kalvachaymer. The first of the 13 attributes is Kalvachaymer. The first of the 13 Amidois is Hashem Hashem. Hashem Hashem is not counted. Kale, Rachum Vechanan, is when the 13 attributes really begin. So it says when Moshe Rabbeinu said, when Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to evoke the 13 attributes of mercy, when Miriam was Gatsaras, when Miriam Gatsaras, Moshe Rabbeinu says, um, Kale Refanallah. Kale, he evokes the, the mid of Kale. Refan Allah, please heal her. The Abishta responds to him immediately with a Kalvachaymer. Hashem says, if her father would spit in her face, 
she would be embarrassed for at least seven days. So if Hashem spat in her face, so to speak, if Hashem is upset at her, for sure she should be, she should be seven days outcast. Why is Hashem answering with a Kalvachaymer? This is one of the times. It's a Kalvachaymer means you deduce. If this is so, then for sure, why is Hashem answering? Because Moshe provoked it. When he said, Kale, Yud Gimomidis Arachamim, he pushed the button, he pushed the Kalvachaymer button. So the Kalvachaymer came out. So the same is over here too, that um, the, the, the Limudat Torah is connected to 13 attributes. And there's another proof to that. We know how we say, um, coming up the month of Elul, I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. We know the month of Elul is a special month. And we know in which we're, we're, we are, Hashem is, we're shepherding, amongst the roses. Shoshanam are roses. And we know that the, the roses, roses represent the Yud Gimel 13 petals of the rose. The Zohar says there's 13 petals on a rose. The 13 petals, how, how you count that, I don't know. Because 13. 13, that's right. There's a thir- the 13, but each rose, the 13 petals of the rose. And that is the 13 attributes of mercy. And what's the connection? Because the month of Elul is called Chodesh HaRachamim. It's the Chodesh when Hashem's mercy is more available, more accessible. Chazal also say, on the word Shoshanim, they say, Al-Tikra Shoshanim, don't read it Shoshanim. Ela Shashanim, those who learn Halacha. Shashanim Bahalacha. Those who study Halacha, don't read Shoshanim roses. Read it, Chazal say, don't read, a lot of times Chazal use a thing called Al-Tikri. Don't, we say it in Davening, Al-Tikru Bonayich, Ela Bonayich. Don't read it like this, read it like that. So Chazal say on the Pasuk, Shoshanim, they say, don't read it Shoshanim, read it Shashanim. What do you see from here? That the ones who learn halachas, it's the same like the 13 at Shashanim, which are roses, is also Shashanim, those who learn halachas, because it's the same, it's the same idea. Comes out, now we make sense. That when we bring our mishpat, when in the nine days, the three weeks, we do the avodah of mishpat, that stimulates the Eberster says, I'm going to put in rachamim, and that's Yom Kippur. That in response to that, we get Yom Kippur. And the Abish gives us Racham. But now his question is, good, that's Rachamim. What's the Chesed? Ach inyan, ach inyan, chesed. I also have to get myself a, a good song. Because my thing, it's a silly ring. It doesn't have a, like a shmaka song like everybody else. Because my daughter doesn't know that we're holding in the middle of a shir. She goes to camp and then she forgets everything. Unbelievable. Okay, ach inyan, and the idea is, b'chinas chesed. Oh, so what is chesed? Ach inyan, b'chinas chesed. We need to understand what's chesed. The mashma shuhu l'mayla gam b'chinas rachamim. That the chesed that we're talking about over here is even higher than rachamim. And his question is, how can there be anything higher than the 13 attributes of mercy, which we know that they're in the crown. 13 attributes of mercy is like the highest thing. V'kivan shahar rachamim, and since the rachamim, b'chinas rachamim gedoylem. Are such great rachamim yud gimel midas rachamim the thirteen attributes of mercy in kemau oid because we know in rachamim there's two levels of rachamim there is something called midas rachamim that's the mida of in atzilus in the world of emanation there is chesed gevura and teferis teferis is racham that's called midas rachamim mida means measure but then there is rachamim that is infinite beli gvul rachamim rachamim of the crown 
It's infinite rachamim. There's no limit to the rachamim. Kilecholu rachmov. His rachamim never ends. It's beligvul. It's infinite. So what's higher than that? Ach, inyan. The idea is as follows. So again, the kivan sharachmim, b'chinas rachmim gedolim. Since the rachmim is so high, yud gimel midas rachmim kima oid inyan achesed. What can be more the idea of chesed that's higher than that? Ach, inyan. The idea is. Before this Pasuk, it says, Before the Pasuk, it says, Hashem says Let's debate, Hashem says. Let's argue it out. If your sins will be even like red threads, kashanim, like red threads, it says, like snow, they will become white. If they will be red like a red worm, like white wool it will be. So you see that Hashem is saying that in response, the fixing, the tikkun, and the fixing of our sins are going to be two things. It's going to be like sheleg, like snow, or like white, like white wool. What's the difference? What does it mean when we say like snow? Where else do we find something about snow? Well, when Daniel saw the, the supernal vision, when the, 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 Daniel saw Hashem in the chariot, he saw Hashem sitting, the ancient of days was sitting, his garment, like white snow. Daniel beholds the level of Atik Yomen, Keser. And he's watching, and he says his garment is like white snow. Snow, and the hair of his head, like clean wool. Oh, snow and wool. Snow is the garment. The hair is like white, clean wool. So he's going to explain like this. The 13 attributes of mercy are related to the garment because they're there, that's what Pasek says. If your sins will be like, like, like kashanim, like red thread, kasheleg uh, yalbinu, like snow, they will become white. That's the 13 attributes of mercy of Yom Kippur. But then there is a whiteness that's even whiter than that. And that is katsemer, like the white, the white sheep, like the wool of the sheep. And that's not a garment. What's the difference between the hair? He's going to explain that the hair of, of, of keser, is deeper than the garment. The garment is something else that's attached to it, but which means it's covering, it's not the essence. But the hair is the essence. So in Yekashela, Yalbinuze, Inyan Loshan, and where do you have that? The idea that it becomes white like snow, where do we find that? So Chazal say that in the Beis Amigdash, when the Jewish people did tshuva on Yom Kippur, they merited an amazing sign, a beautiful sign. There was a red ribbon that was hanging that they hung up it was the red ribbon, they took it off the, he- the head of the goat that was, uh, that they made two goats. Right? One was sent off to the Midbar to be thrown down the cliff. Sorry, Lazarzal. The other one was offered in the base of English. The red thread that went, now one of them put the red thread around its neck, the one that was going to be shechted. The other one, the red, th- the red thread went on the horns. To know that was the one that was going out. So it's interesting. The Gemara says a whole order of the way it was done. In the early days, the Gemara says they used to take the red thread off the one that was going to be shechted, and they hung it up, 
outside in the Azara, uh, on, the, on the entrance of the Heichal, they hung it up. And the Jewish people in the courtyard would stand and watch. And when the goat would arrive to the desert and they would throw it down, remote control, the thread thread would suddenly turn white into the eyes of everybody. And everybody knew that the Abish was, no, the emesis, the Gemara says that's not what happened. Let me go back earlier. Initially, it was so powerful. Every person before Yom Kippur put up a ribbon on their own window. Everybody would hang up a red ribbon. And then when they would come back to Yom Kippur and they would look, the ribbon was white. And they saw clear the Abish that was Michael there since. That's how open the relationship was. They could see the red miraculously turn white. Then when it started happening that not everybody's turned white, so, and people were getting very embarrassed and people were checking out whose is white and who's not. The whole situation was not too good. They decided that instead of everybody having their private ones, they're gonna make one public one. And they canceled the, the individual ribbons and they put one ribbon up at the entrance of a hechel. And it would turn white. And then the Jews were besimcha, matziyam, kippur, unbelievable. If it didn't turn white, it was a problem. And what happened was they saw that the people were getting very, when it didn't turn white, the people were getting depressed and sad, and instead of trying harder, they would give up. So they decided not to put it on the outside, they put it in the inside, so that they won't know till after Yom Kippur, and no one should be able to see it. Meanwhile, so this was for a while, meanwhile there were Kahanim, who can go inside. So they would go out and go like this or like this. So they, they would give the sign to the Jews. So when that happened, they realized that they can't, it's amazing how this stuff was going on. Like, you know, you think it's a camp, you know, they're trying to keep the thing going and everybody's outside. So they said no more red ribbon on the, they're not putting it in. The only simon they're going to use is the sign that they're going to put on the goat they're sending to the midbar. And no one is going to be there. Only the guy who pushes it down, because he has to go there himself. They accompanied him till about a half a mile away from the spot. Then he went up by himself and he threw the goat down. He would take the ribbon, he would hang it up on a rock where he would be, because it wouldn't turn white unless you hung it up. You had to hang it. And that was a sign. So he would put it there, and then he would push it down, and it would fold down, and then he would come back and report. And that's why they weren't afraid of anything, because they stopped hanging it up. Anyways, it says over there, the red ribbon would turn white. Why? And the, the, and the Gemara brings the Pasuk, the Mishnah brings the Pasuk. So we see that the Libun that the cleansing of sins on Yom Kippur, is connected to kasheleg yal binu. It will become white like a sheleg, like snow. What does that mean? Bepnimi is what does that mean? That the source from where the mechila comes from, the forgiveness comes from, and the reconciliation comes from, is from where? From the yud gimel midasarachamim that are called levushe. It's Hashem's garment, keteleg, like snow. That's why it gets white like snow. Because it's connecting. Hashem's rachamim comes down from the snow and whitens it. This is the idea of the ribbon of red wool that became white on Yom Kippur. As stated in the Mishnah, in the end of the sixth chapter of Mesech Yuma, or and in the ninth chapter of Mesech Shabbos. This is through drawing down the 13 attributes of mercy. And this it says, The ancient of days sits. Levushe, his garment, Ketelek, Chiver, is like white snow. As stated in that mime. 
But when it says it will be like wool, it will be white like wool. That's a higher level. And this is what it says. It says, I see God sitting. His garment is like snow, but his hair is like Amer Nake. Amer Nake, what does that mean? A white, white wool. The hair of his head. That's not a garment. That's the essence of the keser. It's higher than the garment. Midois are still called Midois. It's still a measure. As much as we're saying they're beyond measure, they're still a measure because it's not the essence. It is, it's the garment of Atik Yoimin. It's the garment, but not the here, the katsemer, the here, that's mamish. And that's chesed. Remember we said before, the Abishta promises in response to our tzedakah or mishpat, Hashem says, I'm giving you rachmim and chesed. And chesed is even higher than rachmim. And what can be higher than rachmim, he says? That's the tzemer. He says, and he's going to say in a moment, that's nizgala and sukkis. Anim Kippur is Nizgala the Rachamim, and Sukkis is Nizgala the Chesed. That's higher than that. We have to learn from the Arizal. Tonight is the Arizal's yard site. It says in Eitz the Arizal says that the Sareshe, the here, Heinam Shachas Mipchinas Pnimius Chesed Elian, Shepchinas Ein Soif. The hair of the head is drawing from the innermost of the supernal kindness, chesed. He's, he's making the connection that chesed is sa'areshe, the hair of the head. Shebebchenas ain't soif mamish. That's literally ain't soif. She'ein boy shum taruvois din klau. There isn't any tiny trace of judgment. It's only chesed. As opposed to Yom Kippur, which is rachamim, rachamim has a little tinge of din. Yom Kippur is really a day of compassion. By the way, you should know, Rosh Hashanah is a very intense day. Even though we eat and we, we have Yom Tif, Rosh Hashanah is a much harsher day than Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, by the Rebbeim, especially by the Chabad Rebbeim, Rosh Hashanah, you looked at their faces and they were like, whoa, they were moira, it was scary, frightening. You can see the tensity, the tenseness. Yom Kippur, they were totally relaxed. Like you can see that their faces were radiating with light, with joy. Yom Kippur, everything was, because Yom Kippur is already Rachamim. The mood changes. The Yom Kippur, your Rosh Hashanah is, even the first day to the second day, it already changes. First day is very intense. Second day, a little bit lighter. By the time you get Yom Kippur, you have all the tshuva of the Jewish people and all the mitzvahs that we've done. Things are, it switches to Rachamim. But Rachamim also has some din. Yom Kippur is still an Indian of Mishpat. It's not, it's not, be Rosh Hashanah, Yekasevun. If Yom Kippur, Yechasevun. So it's still, there's, there's an Indian of din Yom Kippur as well. Um, as he says, in the white snow, there's a little bit of judgment in it. It's still called the day of din. Rachamim has certain rules and regulations. Chazal say that you have rachamim, you have compassion. But Chazal say someone who, is in, who, is a, who doesn't have das, someone who's a, an idiot, 
Shaita, or call me Shaim by Das, Asalar Achmamalav. You're not allowed to have mercy on him. Asalar So you see that there are certain restrictions on Racham. The Rebbe Rashab said, Oi, what a Rachmanis on someone that the Torah says, You're not allowed to have Rachmanis on him. <laughs> so he says, and that's, that's a real Rachmanis. But, anyways, which tells you but that Rachamim has certain guidelines. It has a rule book. There is some element of din. And another idea is, Rachamim, compassion, you can only have on someone who is in a pitiful state. So on poor people, on someone who is suffering, you have Rachamim. But on the rich, you can't have Rachamim. You should have real Rachamim on them. No. But I'll be because someone who is not suffering... The whole idea of rachamim is pity for someone who's in a bad state. Chesed, however, it says, is for rich and for poor. Kindness you can do for everyone. Rachamim is only for the... Ki rachamim Rachamim only fits where there is pain. Valaniyim, and then impoverished. Avala chesedu bein laniyim bein lashirim. Chesed is so rich, it's so endless, it's for aniyim and for the ashirim. That's why chesed many times means you're giving someone a loan. It's called chesed as opposed to tzedakah. And that you give for the rich also. inyan katsemer, like like wool, yield. The ikir is galus bechines chesed elyon, and when is the galus of the supernal kindness, which comes again as a result of our tzedakah and mishpat that we do during the three weeks? What is the what? what how does that bring out from the Abish to reciprocation? Rachmim and yom kippur and chesed on sukkis. Who bechagas sukkis? That's on the Yantiv of Sukkis. Achar Kedim Asaseris Yemei Tshuva. After the first 10 days, after the 10 days of Tshuva. Ela, Shanemar, as it's, Achar Kedim Asaseris Yemei Tshuva. Ela, I don't know, Ela? No, Ela. Shanemar, Hashvach, Hanoisein Sheleg Katsomer. No, no, but Achar Kedim Asaseris Ela, however, Shanemar Hashvach, it says in the Pesach. That Hashem gives snow like, like, like wool. How does that fit? It's two different, separate madregas. Sheleg is yud gimel midis arachamim. And, and, and summer is higher. And summer is, is wool, is higher. No, the, the shvach, the praise is, shegam bibchinas sheleg. That even in the level of sheleg, bchinas levushe, yum shegam came bibchinas katsemer. That even in the levushe, even in, there should be, meaning even in the Yom Kippur Rachamim, there should be a little bit of Sukkot energy. Even in the even in the Yud Gimel Sarachamim, we want that the Chesed that's higher should dwell in it. Okay, but that's not the real pure Chesed. That's the way Chesed is mixing into Rachamim. Pure, unadulterated Chesed is when when we receive that's on Sukkot. Oh, and this is the idea that Rachamim is more. See, the difference between, one of the differences between Rachamim and Chesed is that Rachamim, when someone. Rachamim is something that a person is provoked into. When does a person have compassion? They're moved to compassion. The pain of the other person moves them. Which means they're they are they're stirred. Someone is stirring them into compassion. It's not meaning it, there's a, there, there is the makabel is evoking the mashpia to give the rachamim. 
Chesed is something you give out of your own hashpa. Chesed is not responding to the person. Chesed is if you're a Baal Chesed, if you're a kind person, you give because you want to give. Not because, like Avram Avinu was a Baal Chesed, it wasn't that he needed someone to provoke him. When there was no one there, he was also going crazy. There was no one there to take us. He needed to give. Chesed, therefore in Chesedis it says, Chesed is for Sarusa de la'ela. It's Hashem giving on His own. Rachamim is something that is Sarusa de la'ela. And that's the difference between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. Yom Kippur, the Abish, this Rachamim comes, but we have to evoke it. Hashem, Hashem, we keep on calling out, Midas Rachamim, Hashamnu, Bagadnu, and all the, and all the Venisem, we have to inflict ourselves. It's all an avoida from below to evoke from above. But, um, Sukkot is a gift from above. Chesed, it's all Sarusa Deliela that comes, because it's a place so high we can't provoke. It can only come because the Abish wants to give it. And that's the idea of Sukkot, it says, Hashem says, it's a difference between rain and dew. I will be like dew to the yidin. Dew comes from above. Rain comes from down. Water goes up, the mist goes up, and it comes down. But dew comes completely from above. It's higher than the from below. And that's why that corresponds to tzedakah. It's called the Ebesh the tzedakah. We have tzedakah and mishpat, and the Ebeshter comes and gives us chesed and rachet. This is the level of Hashem does chesed because He wants chesed. Because He desires chesed, not because of anything else. These two in Yanim come through mishpat and tzedakah. And that's what brings what? Our mishpat. What does that bring? That brings the Abish Rachamim. That brings him Kippur. Usukis is connected to Tzedakah, not to Mishpat. It says in the Arizal, and it's brought in the Arizal, it's an amazing thing. There Erev Sukis, you should give a lot of Tzedakah. It says in it's brought in Shulchan Arachim that one of the days to give tzedakah more than usual is Erev Sukkot. What's the connection? Now we see. Because the chesed of Sukkot is connected to the tzedakah that, that, that the Ebrister is giving, they, they, they line up. The Sukkot b'chinat tzedakah, k'moshe kasev b'priyet chayim soif shara sukkot b'shem harav chav, in the end of shara ha-sukkot, in the name of the rachav, I want to read it inside, I want to find this, this is intriguing me here. Harachav zal ha yanoisen be erev sukkis, the rachal, Rabchaim Vital, used to give an erev sukkis, ha kupalanian, used to give the kupa to the poor people, the Amar Sha'oz moil had sadaka moid. Sadaka is very appropriate, Mipne Sha'oz, Rachel, and Ikrit Sadek, Oilabamakam at Staka. Akuponim, they say, so these little things, they have such great secrets behind them. It says you should be marbin tzedakah on sukkis. I'm not sure. I think maybe maybe for Yom Kippur, but I don't know. 
I don't know what he means in this very end over here. I have to check up these places. Okay, the main thing is that the tzedakah and the mishpat that we've done already for thousands of years should lead to the chesed and rachmim and the restoration of the tzedakah and mishpat as it is from above. And it should be b'nei tzion yogilu b'malkam and that Yerushalayim and Tzion should have its ultimate redemption. May it happen right now. The reason there were no cookies today was because I thought we're only going to learn for a half an hour this whole mimer. Meanwhile, it ended up being longer. So you all forgive me. Next week, next week we have to make sure to have double cookies. So let me just. I want to just.